Today's scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Let's pray. Father, I'm going to preach a message here, not a long one, but in many circles it's controversial. But I need to preach it because you told me to. And uh, just bless these wonderful, godly people to hear it. Uh, bless the movement of the Spirit of God among us that we will be encouraged by your love and power of forgiveness. Let us find within you the hope we need as believers in this day, in this moment, in this set of circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm in, I'm in verse 8, chapter 15, book of Luke. I'm a little too loud now. Okay, I don't know what happened. I turned my um, thing off and it came back on. You could hear me. It says, suppose a woman had a silver, 10 silver coins. This woman was living in this house. It's a parable. It's among parables that Jesus talks about the lost sheep, the ten silver coins, and the lost son. I already preached on the lost son. And I talked about his repentance and how we should live in a repentive lifestyle. But I want to refer to the ten coins and the um, lost sheep. And, and I want you to understand some very clear Biblical truths here. I want you to open your heart to them in Jesus' name. She has ten coins. That's probably all that she has. The indication that they say a woman had ten coins is that her husband is probably dead. Her income is non-existent or very frugal. And the ten coins is her hedge against inflation about what she needs to eat, what she needs to keep her house going. And those 10 coins are very important to her. Those 10 coins, can we say the word of God says, belong to her, right? They belong to her. They are her 10 coins. They are valuable to her. Are you ready? They are so valuable to her that when she lost one of the ten coins, she lit a lamp. Now it was probably an oil lamp and it was probably an open flame and she probably lowered it down to look underneath the furniture or around the table and chairs so that she could see in the darkness. Notice she's looking in the darkness for this lost coin. And she needed to shine a light in the darkness to find this coin. 
When she did not find that coin by lowering the lamp, she began to move the furniture, and often scholars say she took it outside of her front door and set it down out there and got her broom out, and I don't know what they look like. Not by the Lions Club broom. You know those. And she began to sweep the floor. And as she was sweeping the floor, she heard the tinkle, tinkle of a coin. And she looked down. And she saw the coin that was hers, but was lost. And she called her neighbors. She didn't say anything except that she went to her neighbors. And she said, come and rejoice with me for the coin that I lost, I have found. Whatever that coin was to her, it was so important that she wanted everybody around her to celebrate that she she found that coin. The same thing with the sheep. In the previous passage of Scripture in 15, there were a hundred sheep and there was a shepherd. Those sheep belonged to that shepherd. They did not belong to anyone else. They were his. He raised them. He nurtured them. He protected them. He fed them. He watered them. They were his. They were his responsibility, no one else's. But one of them was lost. He left the 99. And he went until he found the lost sheep. The controversial thing of this is that it's often preached as an evangelistic message. But this is a twofold meeting. I'm going to tell you the first major meeting. <coughs> these illustrations talk about what God possesses. You've got to understand that. If you miss that, you've missed the major meeting here. This is not people, coins, sheep, a son that did not belong to God. These entities belonged to Jesus Christ. That's what that says. You can't interpret it any other way. But these coins, these sheep, this son, Jesus says is lost. Now see, I just, I just ran up against some doctrine in this world. That Jesus can't lose his sheep. That's what we're told. We're told that, that, that once Jesus has his sheep, nobody's going to take them away from him. And it is a wrong statement, according to this passage of Scripture. That means something else then. If that's not true, then what does this mean? This means... That whatever is lost, Jesus hunts for until he finds it. 
Did you hear that? He loves and values this which was his so great that he will do anything and go anywhere to find what is lost. He did me. There are times that I sinned. Now, why, why am I saying this? The reason I'm saying this is that there are people sitting in churches or people who have quit going to church and have slid, as people say, it's called backsliding. I call it walking away from God. That are sitting in pews and say, hey, he doesn't lose anything that he has. And they're living in an unrepented lifestyle because of a sin that they have gotten involved with that has grown to the point that it has given birth to death. Do you hear that? Biblical, James chapter 1, verse 13. And there are people living in the lie that have unrepented sin in their life that causes death. Wow. What a message. Do you not understand that Jesus loves you so much that he wants you to understand that there are things like lying? Did you know liars don't go to heaven? Why do you think when I was a child, my mother wanted me not to lie? My mother knew, even though she wasn't going to church at that time, she knew that liars don't go to heaven. Why? She heard it all of her life. Unforgiveness. It tells us in the Lord's Prayer, in one of the Gospels, it says, if you do not forgive others, I, meaning God, will not forgive you. There are people sitting in church who are holding grudges against someone else and they think they're going to go to heaven because they heard this lie. We need to repent of unforgiveness. Right? Adultery. People living in adultery. They think the way people talk about this kind of doctrine, they think that if they if they just believe that they're going to go even though they're living in adultery, and you're not. Adulterers don't go to heaven. Jesus Christ talks about it several places. Paul reiterates that truth over and over and over again in the epistles because he's teaching young believers that there are certain lifestyles that will not afford you the grace and mercy of God to get in heaven. Wow. I don't want people to live in that lie. I want people to live in the grace forgiveness, and mercy of God. Now, there's something about this passage. It's, it's, 
there, there are things that are consistent with all three parables. And the last thing that's consistent with all three parables is this. Is that when he finds that person, remember, he will go find you. He doesn't care if you're lost. He'll go find you. It doesn't matter where you're at. He will constantly, constantly convict you of his spirit. And when you yield and confess your sin, he says the angels in heaven rejoice over your repentance. Amen. Let me help you understand this. Okay, let me help you. You ready? Do you ever have a child lost? Did you just walk away and not care where they were? You went and looked for them, didn't you? We would be in a department store and Seth would climb up under the rack and put his head down and he would scare us to death. Seth, Seth, where, where are you, Seth? And we're yelling and finally we hear us a laugh. He's pulled a trick on us. Jeannie and I felt relieved because God knows what Jeannie and I know that if you don't go find the child that is away from us and out of our protection, away from God and out of his protection, bad things happen. And we rejoice. We rejoice. Because I was lost. And then I was found. The angels rejoice. I I believe the angels get tired of rejoicing. No. (laughs) They rejoice all the time. They do. Why? They love People repenting. It's one of the most powerful things that a human being can do to make everyone in heaven excited about the activity. That's why I say we need to live a repentive lifestyle. A repentive lifestyle. He is so happy that we're out of harm's way. So, that's it. You need to repent. You need to say, Jesus, I know you're looking for me, and I know my heart isn't where you want it to be. It started last week. Remember, we had people come forward who wanted, who were lukewarm, and they wanted to be not lukewarm. It was a past surface. Well, today, we're going to be specific in the lukewarmness. If you're lukewarm and you have unconfessed sin, you need to come forward. Don't be embarrassed. This is between you and God. Jesus Christ confronted Brianna down there in uh, wherever she was. Wilmore, Kentucky, which when she was there, God confronted her. She didn't care if anybody else was around, did you, Brianna? You just went to the altar. 
Matter of fact, she had no idea. Her son could have got up and left. She'd have never known it. Because she was in the presence of God. You see, you see what I'm talking about? Don't look around yourself and say, should I go up front? I've got this sin. I need to be, need to come up front. You need to know that the angels will rejoice. It's what God's will is. It is an honorable, honorable thing before the Lord. He expresses, he expresses his love in his forgiveness. Wow. Isn't it powerful? I think it's powerful. I love it. That's why Paul says in in Corinthians, I will boast all the more of my weaknesses. He's talking about sins there. Y'all know that. Because in my confession, my power is made, God's power is made perfect through that confession, through his weakness. I don't know about you, if I got a weakness, I want God to sit on it till he heals it. You see what I'm saying? I want God to sit on it until he heals it. Cain, was your band ready? You guys were good today. What would you do? Uh, practice? <laughs> Let's stand and I'm going to pray. Lord God, these are your people right here in front of us. And behind me are the people of God. Many, if not all of them, have given their heart to Jesus Christ. And they want your approval, and they want you to be blessing them. But Father, we have lived in a lie that I'm okay. I'm okay, and you're going to bless me anyhow. When we know already in our heart what the sin is and what needs to be forgiven. Holy Spirit of the living God, please take charge. You have our permission. This is your territory. This is where you belong. You love us and you want to transform us. In Jesus' name, amen.